0: Storehouse Dallas. So, we're talking about um, the kingdom of God. And I want to recommend resources throughout these next uh, few weeks as well. This one has been an incredible resource to me, to my wife. It's called Your Financial Revolution The Power of Allegiance by Gary Cassie. And what I love about this book is it's really, again, about the kingdom of God and accessing the kingdom. Because if we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heaven, no, we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, correct? But we are also got our feet here on the earth. So we have to learn how that that heavenly storehouse of blessing can come down to this earth. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today, accessing the blessing of the Lord. Um, How many of you in this room have experienced some type of financial breakthrough um, within 2018, just in this year. Okay, lots of hands, lots of hands up here. Um, I'm actually um, going to ask a few of you to come up here briefly um, um, and, um, and, and just give in less than a minute, if you can share, if you will come on up here, if you raise your hand, can I just get four of you to come up here right now? One, I need three more. Come on up. Two. Two more, three, one more. Nora, come on up, okay. So just briefly, I want you to share what the need was um, and, um, and how the Lord came and broke through. Now, for some of us, there's like this big, whole long story behind, and I know I don't want to dishonor or devalue the details of the story, but I want us to keep it quick. What the need was, if God told you to do anything specific um, um, and just, and how that breakthrough came. So I needed money for um, this semester. I'm a full-time student, and
1: we had been tithing faithfully, and we were in a situation where um, our finances were, were shrinking, and the Lord told us, keep on tithing, and we continued to tithe, and the Lord provided financial aid to me. So I got my school paid for. Come on. Dude. Um, I was in need
2: of a new living situation. My name is Lance Judson, and I was in need of a new living situation. I was in a really, really bad situation with some roommates that were, anyway, and um, I needed, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I was having a hard time getting uh, an an apartment because I have a past, and they didn't want to rent me an apartment, and uh, a friend told me I should buy a house. I'd never thought about buying a house, and within three months, uh, God told me to believe I already had the house, that he had already given it to me, it's already mine, it's part of my inheritance, and to not chase it, but to believe it was mine and to go forth in faith.
0: Yes, listen to what he said, say that again.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because like at at first, I was chasing it and like striving, and I was getting physically sick and ill from how much I was searching. And he said, you didn't believe what I already told you. You already have it. It's part of your inheritance. I see it in eternity future, eternity past. It's already yours. And as soon as you believe it, you're gonna access it. And within a couple weeks of me beginning to do that, I found the house. I was given $20,000 to put down on the house. And now I'm, I'm a homeowner.
1: That is awesome. Um, So I'm Steven. Um, (laughs) So you guys know when you're like getting a new apartment, you sometimes have all that stuff from your old apartment you're still paying for and all that and you're having to put deposits down and whatever. Um, And Wednesday night I was in the prayer room and I've never had a prayer answered so quickly. I was just like, it was going to be like 14 20 for the new apartment I was about to go into, just deposits and everything, and I got a check in the mail for thirteen eighty eight, And um and it was just amazing and such a blessing in the Lord. So
0: 13
1: dollars No, no, 13 <laughs> $13, or uh, $1,388. Okay. Um, so only like, what, 40 bucks off? Um, but it was just such a blessing, and um, I've never had a prayer answered so quickly, and um, I don't know, I think it was just I've been trying to hit up the prayer room a lot, and I just feel like there's so much grace on your life when you do that, um, so I don't know.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Stephen.
3: Uh, hi, I'm Nora. Um, I'm pretty new here, but so my journey actually started last year where I was in a very bad living situation, and I started to ask the Lord. I didn't have a job. I You know, I was... Um, Taking care of my son. And I started to ask the Lord to help me find a job. And so last year, God gave me one. Like, He placed me exactly where He wanted, exactly what I wanted. And then, so, you know, I was able to have financial freedom. And then this year I had about it started at around nine thousand dollars of just debt. That wasn't all my fault, but it was all under my name and I think around this time it got I got it down to like seven thousand and I went to go do my tax return and I was able to get like a a good amount of money but I was like Lord it, it doesn't cover all of the debt that i have and so i got a letter back from the irs saying that i was missing something and so i sent it in and i got this check for um all the credit card debt plus an additional like fifteen hundred dollars
0: that's awesome praise jesus so that is the blessing of the lord that is the kingdom of God operating because the, we all have needs in our life. We all need to eat. We all have got bills to pay. And there are practical things that God wants us to do to steward, but there's also this kingdom reality that we can access and that we can live in. I'm going to, um, um, and by the way, I only knew that one of those four, only one of them I knew and asked beforehand to come on up. So all of those were, were just surprises. So that was my first time hearing them. Um, but I'm going to call up one more testimony and then we're going to get into some teaching. So um, some of you have heard this, but I just think it's so powerful that we and and what we can learn from the kingdom in this. So, Brad and Sharon, if you'll come up.
4: Well, Thank you.
5: Well, I think uh, many of you have heard this before, but we're going to we're going to tell it again. Um, uh, Sharon and I have a company that does uh, in, specializes in interior furnishings, mostly for schools, school furniture. And so we had a a project with the school district. Some of you may know where Midlothian is, uh, south of Dallas, but we worked with them for well over a year, and they had money to replace uh, furniture in, I think, around eight or nine of their schools. And so it was a really huge project for us. We worked uh, with them for quite a long time. They came to our showroom, picked out the desks they wanted, and... uh, so these desks start shipping. They ship from overseas, so they ship from Germany. It took about 14 to 16 weeks to get them there. So these desks start showing up, and we immediately get a call from uh, the, the person we were working with there at the district saying, hey, uh, none of these desks have a backpack hook, and the ones we saw at your office and the ones we selected had a backpack hook. So we immediately knew there was some type of a problem. So uh, we went back, and sure enough, um, the people in our office thought that this little welded backpack hook, which you wouldn't think would be any big deal, but they thought that it came with the desk. It didn't come with the desk and it wasn't in their price list, so we didn't know um, not to order. Anyway, to make a long story short, we had a huge problem because we had well over 6,000 desks that were missing this little welded backpack hook. Well, and these things come from Germany, so you obviously can't just go get a little backpack hook and weld it on there. They didn't have a retrofit kit to go add a backpack hook, so we were really, <clears throat> really looking at a pretty serious situation. I had did some investigating. I figured it would cost us at least between $50 to $100 per desk to try to to try to fit something on to make this thing work. And obviously, that's way, way more than, than the profit we had in these desks. It would be a huge, huge hit to our company.
0: So, so up to $600,000.
5: <clears>
0: yeah. $600,000.
5: Yeah, Yeah. and so, uh, so obviously, it was very, very concerning. This happened and kind of went over through the weekend, and then, um, so uh, obviously, Sharon and I were talking about it. Uh, We prayed about it, and Sharon said, "Well, we need to, we need to, we need to tithe right now." Give, huh? Yeah, we need to give right now. Okay, so my title. (laughs) Sorry. It was only a matter of time.
4: So, so my title at the company is CSO. I'm the chief spiritual officer. <laughs> so when there's a problem, Brad calls me, we need to pray. And so, of course, I go into my carnal mind and I'm like, well, we'll just send some welders over there. No, the desk will melt. The tops of the desk, okay, bad idea. Okay, let's pray. So I prayed and, and the Lord said, sow a seed. Okay. So the Lord said, sow a seed. How much, Lord? $1,000. So we made sure the next time we were in church, we sowed that money. And actually it was maybe the day before church. And so here we sow 1000 and we're looking at a $600,000 dilemma. Big problem, right? And so we went up here, sowed the seed, and it was just Within how many days? A couple of days. And the next day, it was the next day, because it was a Thursday night. That's right. It was a Thursday night. We sowed the seed. Then Friday, no problemo. They called and said, you know what? Never mind. We don't need that. We can just use this little place on the desk. We can just put the backpacks there. Hallelujah, right? So then the Lord said to me, Sharon, now you need to tell my people That I will rebuke the devourer. Because he says if you bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse. That he will not only open the windows of heaven. But when you get in a pickle. When you get in a big problem. He will rebuke the devourer. But it's very conditional. We tithe. And we don't just tithe whenever we want to. We tithe faithfully. And we tied to this house because this is where the Lord has put us. This is our church home. This is our family that God has called us to. And the pastors here pray for us. They pray for our families, they pray over us. And again, I said this last time that they're going to stand before God the Father and hold an account for everyone, every one of their little sheep. I'm a little sheep um, that God has brought to them. And so I believe this is where you're supposed to bring your tithe. So anyhow, and just one last thing. The wealthy know this principle. They know to give. And the more they give, the more they're blessed.
0: Amen. Thank you, Brad and Sharon. So there were some major themes I just want to point out in each one of these stories. Um, We had people with a financial need. How many in here have ever had a financial need before? Okay, we need some answers. We need the kingdom of God. But here's how the answer came. Through faithful, faithfully doing what God said. One, Joel mentioned tithing. Lance mentioned believing. <laughs> Believe that it's yours. And then, um, and then Stephen was in prayer, asking God, saw, saw, saw the prayer answered. Nora prayed, believed God, and then saw the breakthrough come. So prayer, um, faith, and then action. Okay? All of those three things are important. Prayer, and faith, and action. Same thing with Brad and Sharon's testimony. And they got the strategy of the Father. Because God knows what you need to do for your situation. And if we are, have all of our spiritual blessings up in heaven, the good news is we're in heaven too. We're seated in heavenly places. So we can see those things by the spirit of God, by the word of the Lord, not this, this has the Bible in it, but it is not the Bible. Um, (laughs) My notes do, scriptures. Um, We know the word of the Lord. And when we speak it out, when we pray, when we believe, and when we act according to the, the voice of the Lord, we see that breakthrough come amen so let's get into the word of god my main point today is that in order to access this blessing of the lord and that's that's the title today accessing the blessing of the lord in order to access the blessing of the lord we give our first fruits offering in order to access the blessing of the Lord, we do that through the first fruits offering. Okay? So, we're, this includes prayer and faith. And we're going to talk about all these things over the next few weeks, but I'm going to focus right now on this first fruits offering. This concept of the first fruits of in of tithes of offerings, it is in both Old Testament and New Testament. And I hope to really break it down for us because this is not just about learning a duty law from God. This is about learning a key to walking in the kingdom of God. Amen. Okay. So, let's go back to Genesis 1 and 2 first of all. So God creates Adam and Eve and he places them in a garden. This garden, the Garden of Eden, this garden of paradise, this garden of pleasure, it has all of the most beautiful trees, all of the best fruit to eat. It says in Genesis 2. There is a river flowing into in throughout this garden that's spreading all um, across the earth um, or across the region. And there's gold and there's 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 onyx, there's precious stones in this whole area. So God puts Adam and Eve when he creates them in a land where in a region, in a garden where they have all the food they need, all the water they need, and all of the shiny things that they need, all of the resources. You know, they didn't really need clothes yet, so I mean, I guess you could say that, but um, we won't go there. So they needed clothes later, and there were lots of animals to uh, to do that, to help that anyway. Awkward. Let's move on. Um, Unashamed. So God, but when he, when he put them in there, he spoke a blessing over them. The blessing of the Lord. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it fill the earth, subdue it, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. This was a blessing that God have, had given. And he said, rain over all the fish of the sea, rain over all the animals, all the things that creep on the ground, all the birds of the air. And he says this in Genesis 1, look, I have given you all of it. I've given it to you. And so Adam and Eve, we see a picture here of the heart of God for humanity to have all of their needs met, for humanity to live in the blessing of the Lord, to have what they need and then to take those resources and, and from heaven and then transform the entire earth, subdue it, reign over it. This blessing that I've given you here, go and take it across the ends of the earth. Now, most of us know Didn't quite go according to plan. Now, some of you, theologically, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a, a PhD right now in thela. Everything you say can be challenged theologically, so you're just like, you're like constantly on eggshells in your classroom. But then it actually sharpens you and strengthens you. So anyway, you know, we can talk about the the theological um, um, aspect of that another time. But I want us uh, to go to Genesis three, um, and we have that as a slide. Genesis 3, 17, that Adam and Eve, that they are in the garden, but then the serpent, he's crafty and he comes in and he deceives Adam and Eve both into doing what God said not to do. So God said, look, you can eat all of these trees except this one, because if you eat this one, death is going to come into the earth. Let's think about that for a minute. That God was this was, was, was giving them everything that they needed. And then one tree, he said, watch out for this one. It's good to look at, it's good to be in the place, but if you eat of it, something bad's gonna happen. God was looking out for them. But the Satan comes in, he twists the word of God. And he actually lies to them and he, he lures them by saying, if you eat that tree, you will not die. Death will not come in. You'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. So he promised them that they would be like God. But see, if we, if we look back in Genesis 1, we already see they were created in the image of God. They already had it. So they were, Satan lured them to get something that they already had in Christ through breaking a command. And the enemy still does that to Christians today. He said, he knows that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He knows it's there. He knows it belongs to us by virtue that we are sons of God. The spirit of adoption has been poured out into our hearts by which we cry out, Abba, Father. We've been seated in heavenly places. And so God has put all of that in front of us in heaven. He says, look, get in my word, get in my spirit so you can start seeing what's available to you. But the enemy comes in he says, look at that need you have. Come this way. And you'll get what you want. but it breaks us. It destroys us. This is what happened. Genesis 3, 17. God said over Adam, he said, the ground is cursed because of you. Because of who? You, Adam. The ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. This is new living translation. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, Though you eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you would be made. So Adam and Eve, in attempt to get something they already had from the father through an illegitimate means that a curse came over the entire earth. Romans 5 talks about this. Through one man's sin, death spread to all. And so something happened when Adam and Eve ate that, that activated death in a, in a place where God meant for life and abundance to reign. And so there was a curse on the earth. There was a curse on the ground. And by painful toil or by the struggle and by the sweat, they would reproduce. Struggle, sweat, struggle, sweat. That was the mindset and the mentality of the earth curse. But something else happened. When Adam and Eve sinned, not only did a curse come over the earth, but they, they abdicated the authority that God had given them and gave it to the enemy. Satan, the murderer from the beginning, the father of lies, got a human being to agree with his word. See, heaven had access into the earth realm when Adam and Eve were in agreement with that blessing of the Lord. Fill the earth, subdue it, be fruitful, multiply. They're in agreement with it. Eat of this, eat of these things that I have given you. When their agreement with that, life and blessing was released. But when they came into agreement with the voice of the evil one, he and death had access into the earth realm and it came under a curse. That's why it's really important on who we're agreeing with and what we're believing. Are we agreeing with the voice of the Lord, our Father in heaven, or are we agreeing with the voice of the evil one? And that decision will determine whether life is released around you or death. Jesus in Luke 4 is taken up on a mountaintop and Satan tempts him and says, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. And I will give it to you if you worship me. So Satan knows the authority he's been given by Adam, by Eve, by mankind into the earth realm. And he tempts Jesus. Another man, another a second Adam comes on the scene and Satan once again says, if you do what I say, I'll give you what you need. But Jesus said, no, it is written. No, this is what my father said. This is the word of the Lord. And he quoted the word of God. You shall worship the Lord your God only because he knew who he was. He knew what his father had said. And by agreeing with that word, he resisted the evil one and he fled from him. Okay, and that's how we do this. And that's where Adam missed it, and that's why there's a curse. Because Adam agreed with Satan and death spread across the earth. But Jesus agreed with heaven, and so Jesus became a type and an example and an example of how we as kings and priests are to operate and release heaven on earth. Oh, there's so much I want to say on this right now. Romans 5:17 Jesus reversed what Adam did for the sin of this one man, Adam caused death to rule over many, but even greater, say even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will triumph over sin and death, triumph over sin and death. Ah, there's death in my life. There's death in my situation. There's death in my finances. There's been a curse. It seems that's released. Well, you have triumph through Jesus Christ. And you, as you receive this free gift from him, as you learn to operate in this kingdom life, that you will triumph over sin and death. Amen? Amen. Through this one man, Jesus Christ. I know, I'm just like, I'm hearing groans, I'm hearing shouts. I'm like preparing the special, like, ugh, Lord Jesus. Okay, we're gonna fly. Put on your seatbelts. How do we access this? How do we bring life back? How do we bring blessing back and live above this curse. Well, we actually see this happening even in the Old Testament, before Christ came. See, God made provision even after Adam had sinned for Adam and Eve to live above the curse and live back in the blessing of the Lord. And it's called first fruits offering. We see in Genesis four, I'm just gonna kind of quote a lot of verses. I've got so much to say today but I don't want to take your whole afternoon. We've got lots of series and the Lord's just like, Matthew, remember, Sunday always comes. Um, (laughs) Even to the close of this age, I will be there. Um, So Genesis 4, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, we have a picture of this first fruits offering here. They, the second generation of humankind, starts giving of their produce to the Lord. Cain, it says, brought some of the produce of the ground, but Abel brought the first of his livestock. And God accepted Abel's offering. What was the difference? Cain brought some. Cain, I imagine, doesn't say this in the text, but I believe it's implied, he brought some leftovers. God, I've got a few extra rhubarb going on over here. A couple of extra rosemary plants. We'll give a little burnt offering to the Lord. And then he sees his brother Cain with the best of his livestock coming. And God accepted it. He brought the first fruits. We see this with Noah. As soon as he got off that ark, he builds an altar and he sacrifices to the Lord. Genesis chapter eight. He sacrifices to the Lord as soon as he gets off that boat. And then as he sacrifices these animals, God says this over him, Genesis 9, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. All the animals, all the birds of the sky, I've given them to you. I place them in your power. They will look on you with fear and terror. Sound familiar? Genesis 1. Well, wait a minute. I thought there was a curse in the earth. But God taught Adam, taught Cain and Abel, taught down all the way to Noah that if you will give this first fruits, you will step back into the blessing of the Lord. There is a direct connection between the offering of first fruits and living in the blessing of the Lord. Because what happens when we give our first fruits to the Lord, we take it out of the earth curse system. I'm taking that phrase from Gary Cassie in his book. I think it's an excellent phrase. That because the curse has come over the earth through sin. And so all of the the painful toil and sweat of labor um, is, is because of the curse. But if we will take the first fruits of what has come up out of our labor and offer it to the Lord, it transfers from earth curse to kingdom. So you bring it out of curse... And you bring it into blessing. Fill, be fruitful, multiply, multiply, multiply. When we bring in the first fruit, a blessing of multiplication comes. Genesis 14, we see Abraham come on the scene. And there's there's actually a couple of instances here with Abraham, but I just want to highlight one. Abraham comes to the land of Canaan with his his, uh, nephew Lot. And both of them have so many livestock that their shepherds are starting to argue and like, you know, those are my sheep. No, those are your sheep. And, you know, all kinds of, it's like too many toys in the playpen. You know? <laughs> That's my toy, you know? And then it's like, okay, you go on this side, you go on that side. <laughs> and they, they were mature enough to make that decision themselves. They didn't have to have God, you know, come in there and sort that out. Praise the Lord. So, so Lot goes one direction. Abram goes another. Lot um, goes into this beautiful land that looks like the garden of the Lord east of modern day or around modern day Jordan area. Which happened to be right by Sodom and Gomorrah. A beautiful land. But we know it happens. But a war breaks out in that region, and Lot is caught up in the middle of it. He gets captured. Abram's like, Ah, my nephew! So he goes after him with his little army of three eighteen. He just puts a whole um, um, army to flight with, his, with with servants from his house, and then he he regains the spoils that were taken in that war, and he 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 gets his brother Lot out of trouble. And then, um, and then the kings are the king of Sodom is really happy because now his land is free from the oppressor. But then there's this man that steps on the, on the scene, a man named Melchizedek, King of Salem and a priest of God most high. And he comes to Abram with a blessing. Blessed be Abram of God most high. creator of heaven and earth and blessed be most high, the God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. And then Abram, Genesis 14, gave Melchizedek a 10th of all the goods he recovered, a tithe. So once again, we see Abram, he meets this king priest who offers him bread and wine, sound familiar? Maybe a little bit like Jesus. He offers him uh, uh, Melchizedek offers him bread and wine. He speaks a blessing, and Abraham is compelled in his heart to offer a tithe, a tenth of everything he received in that war. So, there, again, we see this connection here. There's a first fruits given. Now, this would be important in the law of Moses as well. God would set this up, but the first fruits happened before the law of Moses. It went all the way back to Cain and Abel. And where did they learn it? Mom and dad. God was teaching his people how to access the blessing of the Lord through the first fruits offering. Okay. Malachi. He rebukes the people of God because what they're looking at with their eyes looks like curse. We don't have enough. We're making money and it seems like that they just we keep losing it. There's this this Pests keep devouring my crops. This is just, there's this, the, 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 it dries up. My resources are drying up. The fruit dries and withers and falls to the ground. What's going on? Well, Malachi comes in and he says, you've been cheating God. You've been robbing God. You cheated me by not, uh, 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 the tithes and the offerings that are due to me. Malachi 3, 8 through 12. And therefore you're under a curse. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, he says, so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. The windows of heaven. I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it. Try it. Put me to test. Your crops will be abundant, and I will guard the insects. I'll guard your uh, crops from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And then listen to this part. This is really key. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight. So we saw the evidence of them not doing it God's way. We saw the evidence of them withholding that first fruits of tithes and offerings. But God is saying, look, if you will get back online with me on this, you will bring your resources out of that curse and back into the blessing. God's heart is to pour out blessing. God's heart is abundance, and God's heart—you know—a lot of us we, we we look at our need, we're crying out to God like, "Ah, God, where's my need? I don't. Why is it not being met?" And and we and you know that's our prayer closet time. But then we go to the grocery store, and you know the cashier asks us, "How are you doing?" And we're like, "Oh, I'm blessed." Then you get home, oh Lord, my grocery bill, Lord, <laughs> not feeling very blessed. <laughs> but are you blessed? Yes, you are with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But God, those are in heaven. How do I get those on earth? I need to see that blessing on earth. See, God's heart is not just for us to say we're blessed or to, or to believe that we're blessed. It is for us to actually to be blessed, but it's for the nations to look at us and say, that is a blessed person they have tapped into something they have their needs met they have a heart of generosity that they're giving that they want to get that they're not that they're not worried when something comes and i'm i'm just telling you uh, lord has to correct me on this guys i'm learning this too but what his heart is for us is to is 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 to tap into this first fruits blessing because we've looked at it as a duty as a bill I've got to do my duty. I've got to pay my bill or else God's going to like throw something at me or make me sick and take me to the hospital. And, and that's where the tithe comes out. I mean, some pastors have taught that. If you don't tithe, God's going to take it out through medical bills. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, that's a lie. <laughs> that's not God's heart. It is a law, but it is not a, a law, a religious duty law. It's a law of the kingdom on how to bring your resources out of curse and into blessing. Okay. It changes kingdoms. It goes from the jurisdiction of earth and the curse into God's blessing. Amen? Amen. Where is this in the New Testament? We're New Covenant people. Amen? We live under the blood of Jesus. A better covenant, better promises. Do I give? Do I give my first fruits? Do I give my tithes? Let me just read you a few verses. Because we see three main people groups. The three main avenues of giving that are prescribed in the New Testament by both Jesus and Paul. Those three groups are these. One, the local ministry that you're a part of. The church that God has called you to. Your home. Number two um, is to those in need. So, um, so so, there's giving to the ministry, but there's giving to those in need within the community. And that the priority in the New Testament is actually the believing community. It's actually within that local community, but it also goes beyond to believers um, outside of your local sphere. Those are the priorities. Um, and then number three is ministry assignments outside of the local church area. Okay? Now, those are intentionally pretty broad, and I think the Scripture's... All can all fit into that, um, but so ministry assignments. Uh, we have a, a, a Lindsey Bryson, a part of Lovely Outreach, goes down, goes down the road, goes is going all across the nation right now to cities to help bring women out of sex slavery, to preach the gospel, to love on them, to prophesy, and there's lots of ministries doing this. So that's that that would that would qualify in that area. So, um, but let's just kind of, I'm going to blaze through a lot of scriptures here just to get us a little Rolodex of new Testament verses on this. So you can write these down. They're not going to go up on the screen. Matthew six, three to four. Jesus said, when you give, give your gifts, your offerings in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. So giving when you give still important to Jesus. Matthew six, 20 to 21. Jesus said, store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal sound like a little sound a little bit like malachi here treasure in heaven protection from the pest Matthew 6:41 Jesus has a young boy give the first fruits of his bread and fish and he takes it out of the curse blesses it and it multiplies Matthew 23, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees because they're tithe. they're meticulously tithing all of their belongings, yet they're neglecting justice, faith, and mercy. And Jesus said, you should tithe, you should, don't neglect these things, um, but also don't neglect the more important things. So don't just give, don't just give into the ministry, go and look for those in need in your community. Choose righteousness. Don't, don't lean on the traditions of your fathers and then just leave the people of God in need. Luke eight, one through three, Jesus, he had a lot of female disciples following him. Wasn't just those 12 guys would have been a pretty stinky three years for Jesus. 12 sweaty boys. He had some women to bring the fragrance of the Lord. And these women supported Jesus in the ministry of the disciples through their private means. Luke 12, Jesus says, sell your possessions, give to those in need. This will store up treasure in heaven, giving to those in need. Luke 21, Jesus praises a widow for not just tithing, but giving out of her whole need to the temple. And he says she's given more because she's given out of her poverty. She's given out of her need. And she she gave more. And she gave to the temple, that temple that rejected Jesus and his ministry, that corrupt ministry. The whole other thing on that. But we give where God tells us to give. We give according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he will bless us. Acts 2, 45, the believers met in one place. They shared all they had. They sold their property and possessions to share the money with those in need. Acts 4, 32, believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own, and they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all, upon them all, upon them all. So as the believers were offering their first fruits, were giving as their hearts compelled them, needs were being met, the gospel was being preached, and the, key, and the blessing of the Lord was on every single person in the community. Every one of you in here have access to this. And it's gonna take all of us, guys. It's gonna take all of us stepping in the nine. Just a couple of more and we're gonna wrap up today. In the same way, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.14, and this is, this is a uh, uh, little uh, um, inserted statement because of uh, uh, verse 12. In the same way that those who work in the temple get a share in the offerings, he's saying this passage, just like in the Old Testament, there was a first fruits given to the priests ministering in the temple. He says this, uh, 9.14, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. This is important to the Lord. The Lord ordered it. The Lord, he set it up in order. This is divine order here. Um, now Paul, he's, he's actually saying in the same passage, saying, look, you've been supporting the local leaders of your ministry. I, as an apostle, I'm a traveling minister. I'm entitled to this too, but I'm not gonna take it from you guys. So he had a right to it, but he said, no keep supporting your local ministries. I'm traveling, but you know what? I'm not going to charge you. Um, and so we, so we, some have taken that passage, say, see, you know, that Paul is a minister. He's not taking the, the offerings and the first fruits, but what is he doing? He's receiving it from other churches, the church in Philippi. He's saying, I've received your gift. Philippians 4 as a, it's a fragrant offering. And I have all of my needs met. And he said, look, I'm not just trying to get money from you. I'm trying to reward, I want you to get a reward for your kindness. I want you to tap into this blessing. And I wanna tell you today that this giving of first fruits is to get you to tap into blessing. That that's God's heart for you, that that's my heart for you. Um, and and, and um, this, this is, is, as we saw in the Old Testament, that when the first fruits was given, a blessing of multiplication came with it. Last scripture, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase. He will provide an increase your resources, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. You'll be enriched in every way so that you will always be generous. So God's heart here is to provide an increase. God's heart is for generosity. And I want us to get in a, in a sonship kingdom mentality of this. I'm not trying to lay down a religious law before you today. I'm trying to give you a key to the kingdom of God. You know, when my wife and I first got married, we saw a blessing coming in. And then we saw bills coming in. And it was like like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> and it was very discouraging when those things came in. A lot of them had to do with my dying Ford Focus at the time. <laughs> I love that car, you know. It was a blessing of the Lord to me. It, it, it came for free to me in 2009. Um, but the, um, just it, it was on its last wheel. <laughs> um, and that thing was just ready to go. And so, um, so we had to really start learning this to say, okay, God... We need, we need kingdom answers here. And I believe in budgeting and I believe in ordering your finances. But sometimes things come in where you're just like, Lord, it's not on the paper. It's not fitting in the paper. It's not fitting in the calculator. What do I do? You do what Sharon and Brad did. Holy Spirit. And God told them, sow a seed. Sow a seed. I'll take care of this. I will rebuke the devourer that's coming against your finances. If you will give... As I'm telling you to give, you know, just in this last um, couple of weeks, we had a little scare. Aisha was at work. They um, they they catered lunch, and as she is finishing her meal, she chomps on a um, foreign object that is not food. That um, the company is saying is not glass, but it sure looked like glass, <laughs> and it was sharp. Um, and so I'm at I'm at orientation at school. And I'm like getting her calls and texts and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, what do we do? Should we go to the emergency room? Da, da, da. And, 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 you know, out of, out of, and, and her, her, um, her employer said, yes, if you want to go to the emergency room, you can go to, you can go to workers comp. Um, uh, we'll, 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 comp it. We'll, we'll take care of it. So we go to um, um, the, uh, a little local emergency room and, um, and she gets the x-rays and it's, and, and she, and the scary thing was she was feeling something caught in her throat. And so we're just like, okay. Okay, Lord, we just so we're praying. We're just like, God. and I knew that if we had some X-rays, we'd have some peace about it, or at least a little more, whatever it was. In, in our fear, in our we, that's that's where we ran. Um, but the Lord still met us there, and so we, um, um, as as we have to pay a little bit up front, um, and so we're just like, okay, great, we're going to get reimbursed, but then the bill comes in the mail. You've got to have that itemized receipt before you can get any reimbursement. That bill totaled thirty-three hundred dollars, and we were just like, "Okay, we've got to front this and then get reimbursed." And so that's 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 and you know, and paperwork and all that. And I'm just like, "I Lord." I just need you to break through. So we're like praying. We're declaring the word of God. We're like, I'm speaking to this. Like Jesus, give us favor. And um, and and we and and I call. Um, and and by the way, we're um, um, we're on a, um, a Christian healthcare ministries for her. I get I get health insurance through my school. Um, but um, um, what what was offered and what we chose for her was actually um, better than uh, <laughs> than uh, what her uh, work was able to, to provide for us. So we stuck with that. However, that classifies you technically as self-pay. Um, not insured. And so I'm just like, okay, Lord, what do I do? And, and what this Christian healthcare ministry is, it, it tells you, call the healthcare providers, ask them for discounts. So I'm just like praying. I get on the phone, Lord, give me mercy, give me favor. And I call the lady. I talk to her just like, Hey, my wife, we just got a three thirty-three $3,300 bill. Is there any discounts for self-pay? She puts me on hold for like two minutes and she comes back and she says, here's what we'll do. If you'll put down another $600 right now, we'll zero balance this whole thing. And I'm just like, wait a minute, say that again. <laughs> if I pay right now, that means I won't get a bill tomorrow. You know? And it's, you know, you know, when you get those bills, they're like, pay this as soon as possible. You know, it's almost like this, you know, little uh, um, threat. Um, and so I'm just like, okay, we can handle this. So we pay it just in total. So in total, we paid 1100 down, which we'll get reimbursed for. But it, it, it was 3300 and so 3,300 in, in a five-minute phone call went down to 1,100. And it was just like, Jesus, you're alive. <laughs> you know, and he taught us something. He said, you have not because you ask not. There's asking. And so, and we give, we give faithfully. And we were just, and that's what I, I lean on the promise of God that when I give, that God is going to bless, that God's going to multiply. And I believe that they, that was just a little picture And when God does something with each of you that came in with a breakthrough today, that was God saying, I'm giving you a key to the kingdom here, not just for that situation, but to how to live in this blessing. And I've just been telling the Lord, like, it just opened up something else for me. It's like, there's more here. And we're going to take these next few weeks. And our our heart is to help us, to help Matthew, to help our, our leadership and to help you Access what's available to us as sons and daughters. Let's stand.
1: If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.